This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Thank you, Lord. I'm looking at heaven, and we've discussed several different uh, aspects of heaven, but we're going to continue uh, this morning and uh, just answer a couple more questions. But in Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, it says, My yearning desire is to depart, to be free of this world, to, to set forth and be with Christ, for that he, for that is far, far better. Notice all those that I've read about that have experienced heaven, it's difficult for them to come back. And it's because for the first time, they live in a perfect place with the perfect one. And Paul said he was actually determining, do I stay or do I go? And he said I was, he was in this mental war. He said it's, it's better for you if I stay, but it's far, far better to be with him, to go and be with the Lord. Notice he didn't say it was a, a little better or medium better. He said far better. It's far better to be with the Lord. And I want you to know that's where your future is. Your future is secure. We get so wrapped up, and, and we should, in you know, retirement and heaven savings, all that. But I want you to know the ultimate, the ultimate security, the ultimate that affects all eternity has already been set for you. God builds you a mansion. He has a city, a place for you to live in. The throne room is in the very center of that city, and you can go 24-7 to that place, and everything is perfect there. There is no crime. There is no political campaigns. There is no bad weather. There are no weathermen there. They'd be out of a job. Perfect. What's the forecast for that? Perfect. What's the for Perfect. It's always perfect. There's no end to the supply there. The streets are paved in gold. There's no end. And your mansion, the furniture in it, it fits you exactly. It's your taste. Even some of the things you didn't know was your taste. But once you're in that mansion, that's what I always wanted. I didn't know what I wanted. Some of it you couldn't find around here. But God knows. And you're not just squirming around trying to get comfortable in your chair. Oh, where's that spot? You sit down. I'm in the spot. <laughs> heaven. It's a great place. And we looked at last week what really makes heaven wonderful. He's there. He's there. Thank you, Jesus. But this will be the first time that you really are fully, your being is fully alive. Because when you get saved, what part gets saved? Your spirit. Say your spirit. Your spirit, man, is the part of you that gets saved. The Bible says you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. It says that we're like him. We'll have boldness in that day because we are like him. What, it, what part's like Jesus? Our spirit. 
Our spirit is like Jesus. As soon as you accept Jesus as the Lord of your life, your spirit has a rebirth. You got a brand new you on the inside. Your spirit belongs to God. It says, all things, old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new in your spirit. And we have to understand that. But then he says he wants to do something. What about our, our soul, our mind, will, emotions, or that reasoning, that place of uh, imagination? In James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Once your spirit gets born again, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord, starts the process of salvation for your soul. And it's a lifelong process. And you're going along this process. Like I said, you're not going to be in heaven and you're walking with Jesus, hanging out with him. You're at the restaurant in heaven with Jesus and a bad thought comes in your mind. You go, oh no, Jesus knows the thought I just thought. I didn't exactly like the robe he was wearing today. It wasn't my favorite color on him. No, you won't have any bad thoughts. You won't have that. It won't happen to you. Because there's no sin in heaven. Everything's perfect. Your, your soul is renewed when you go to heaven. It means it's, it lines up, it's agreeable with God, with the will of God. So he takes care of that process when you're there. When you see him face to face, the soul is renewed. Now, in this natural world, We've got to deal with the soul. The soul of man, or our soul, is the only part of us that we determine the rate of salvation. You determine how fast you will bring salvation, that processing, that renewing of the mind into the soul. It's up to us. God, it's not God to decide. We decide by hearing the word and doing the word, laying aside those things. He said, lay aside the the filthiness, the wickedness, laying aside those things that hinder you from hearing and doing the word of God. When you do those things, your soul is being saved. How many want their soul saved? Well, it's, a, it's up to us. And then the body's the last part to be saved. 2 Corinthians 5.1, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body. We have a house in heaven, an internal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And we looked last week at the resurrected body, the same body that Jesus had when he was resurrected from the dead. That body, you remember he ascended before uh, his followers, ascended up into heaven when he left this earth. That was his resurrected body. So you're going to be able to, to travel. You're going to be able to eat. You're going to be able to have people touch you. That's the resurrected body. The same thing. Jesus passed through locked doors. That's the body that we have in, in store for us. And it's incorruptible. It can't get sick. There is no hospitals in heaven. There is no doctors except Dr. Jesus, and he's already cured everyone, so there's no patience. (laughs) 
I mean, you can agree, it sounds heavenly. What a place. And then there's those grand reunions. Meeting people that have gone before you. Moms or dads, brothers, sisters, friends, family, who, whoever. They're there to greet you. And, and be with you. God's a good God. He has so much in store for us. We have never experienced our entire being being saved. One third of you is saved right now, and that's your spirit. Your soul's in process, and your body has a future salvation. So that means since the body's in, in, in the future, you're going to have to deal with your flesh and your body while you're here on this earth. You're going to have to deal with your soul because it's not fully saved. The soul's in process. The body has a, a future salvation coming. So one of the questions, will we go to heaven immediately? And some believers believe that we're not until the second coming. They believe we're in some kind of uh, divine coma until the second coming. But in Revelation chapter 19, you find that the martyrs were talking with God. This is before the second coming. They're talking to him. They're in heaven. So that can't be the case. Jesus said today to the thief on the cross, you'll be with me in paradise. And then we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. When you die as a believer, you go straight to heaven. You go straight to be with the Lord. There are no detours. There are no uh, state of being frozen in time. You go straight to be with him. Absent from this body means you're with the Lord. <clears throat> what part of you goes to be with the Lord? Is it your body? Now your body's buried. It's in the ground. What part of you goes? The part that you can't see. Your spirit and your soul goes straight to be with the Lord. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, we saw it the other night. The one with the girl that fell in the tree. What's the name of it? Heaven? Miracles in Heaven? Go see it. Go see it. That's all I'll say. Go see it. It's a true story. Will we know everything in Heaven? No. I was going to say don't answer because most people will say yes. It's actually no. And I'm going, to, I'm going to show you the two scriptures that most commonly is taken to make us think that we'll know all things. And we, we think the scripture says one thing, but it really doesn't. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. We think it says, um, we, will, we will know as he knows. That's not what it says. We will know as we are known. In other words, you're going to know other people and they will know you. But it, it does not say that we're going to know as he knows. 
in uh, Revelation when it talks about the martyrs talking to the Lord. They say, will, will you avenge our blood? And the Lord told them, not now. He said, wait. But they're asking the question because they don't know. They don't know the answer. Think about this. Even Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. And that's what gets me when people uh, pass out pamphlets and say Jesus is coming back. I don't know how many times since I've been saved all these years has someone tried to convince me that he was coming back. 1987, year 2000. <laughs> I mean, all these things. 2012, Jesus is coming back. And, then, and they'll put a date. And then the date passes and they said their computer messed up. We're going to run it again. Will you buy our book? And people will buy the book again. When it says nobody knows. Now there's signs of the times. But they don't know. You can't put a date and time on when he's coming. Jesus doesn't know. If Jesus doesn't know, we don't know. <laughs> you don't know it all. Let me look at this other scripture. Other scripture that we, we think says something. Beloved, now we are children of God. It is not yet revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we will see him as he is. It says that we will be like him. Adam and Eve were like God, but they didn't know everything. And, and let me just help you with this. We will never be all-knowing like God. Now think about this. If you went to heaven and you knew everything, you would not have the joy of discovering and learning about God. When you look at the angels in the throne room who are going, holy, holy, talking to the Lord when you really study that out, they're getting a different picture of God, a different glimpse of God every time they speak. They see God in a different way than they've ever seen before. No, God, we're going to be learning in heaven. We're going to be discovering how great God is and all the wonderful things he has in store for us. You're going to get to travel. You think Star Trek has something on you or Star Wars, man, you're going to get to travel. You're going to go to places that the Hubble satellite can't even see. You're going to get to travel there. You're going to get to discover God, who he is. Eternity's not big enough or long enough to discover all that he is. Do you understand the Bible is just a little teeny glimpse of God? That our God knows how many hairs are on your head? That he created the universe and still expanding at the speed of light? Our God's a whole lot bigger. A whole lot bigger than what we can learn about him in eternity. Are you saying a billion years down the road in heaven... We're still going to be discovering something new about God? Yeah. That's what I believe. But we, I want, to, <laughs> I want you to know, we will never be God. We still will never be God. Jesus 
God the Father and the Holy Spirit gets all the glory and honor. Another question, will there be marriage in heaven? And we know the scripture says there will not be giving a marriage in heaven. But I, I want you to remember, we said that everything that you hear about heaven, the Lord wants us to stir our imaginations because he described heaven like a city. And we think, what's all in a city? He wants us to use our imagination, but it has to be fueled by scripture. So I want to submit this to you. If Paul said it's far better, there wasn't an asterisk and said, except for marriage in heaven. That's a real downer. No, it, it, it doesn't say that. It says far better. Now, I can give you uh, just a, a story. I mean, Jesse Duplantis and his book where he, he went to heaven. It's called Heaven, Encounters of the God Kind book I read years ago, and he said that uh, he was in heaven. He actually saw his mansion, and he was leaving that and ran into a family. He said there was a, a man, a woman, and, and some children, and he said, who is that? And the answer came back, this is a family that was killed in an airplane accident. And he said, you mean they're living together? And he, the answer was, yes, they're living together. Their family is together. And he said, well, excuse my ignorance, but I didn't think that families lived together uh, in heaven. And he was told, yes. And, and he looked at him. And he, well, Jesse goes, well, I have a, a wife named Kathy. And this would be good news to her. <laughs> you, know, uh, you mean I'll live with her? And the, he was told, yes. Yes, you will. But then he was told, which the way you're thinking of it, it's much, much better than what you're thinking. It's better, better, say better. better. So don't think that you're missing out on something. It's better there. And I know the questions, you know, after that, well, what if you have three wives, two died, or, you know, this and that? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I know we're going to be one big happy family there. Amen. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that, but I don't think there's going to be any squabbles, any shotguns pulled out, you know. You know get away from my man, you know, anything like that. Uh, you know, you're locked up in, in God's heaven's jail for a season. It's not going to be, be any of that. <laughs> we'll be one family. I, I personally believe that part of eternity, we'll get to spend, we'll have those friends and family close by, I believe live, living close by, but I believe you'll get to meet everyone, maybe uh, spend a, a day with people, get to know everyone. Cool. Anyway, your imagination can, and can just run with that. Another question, is there a judgment in heaven? Is there a judgment day? And yes, they, the, the question uh, is answered, yes. Will everyone be judged? Yes. Will uh, believers be judged? Yes. Will unbelievers be judged? Yes. They will be judged. But the whole thing is, are you judged by grace or, or works? That, that's the question. Which way 
or are you judged? Our beliefs alone determine where we spend eternity in heaven or hell, your beliefs. And what do I mean by that? <clears throat> your, your beliefs are, when you accept Jesus, Lord, it's based on you believing it alone. It's not based on, uh, it's not any works involved in that. God gets all the glory for that. But then there is what we call behavior, and that would be your works. It's interesting, there's two judgments, and both of those judgments are based on behavior or works. Both judgments are based on your works. So it is very important what we do here on earth. I know people uh, say, well, what about the grace of God? Well, the grace of God uh, is that the works that you did wrong are not held against you. That's the good news. Well, I thought it would be based on beliefs. Well, that's already determined by which judgment you go to. It's already, that's already determined. So the, what are the two judgments? Let me say in heaven we're rewarded for our works. In hell they're punished for their works. So at each judgment your behavior is judged. Number one, judgment seat of Christ. It's where every person there is a believer. Second Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear, say all, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. This talking to believers, you, every single believer will be judged what they did in their body, good or bad. Isn't that exciting? Romans 14.10, but, but why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you can read this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting around verse uh, 9. But this is, is talked about, and the Lord talked about this judgment seat, some it was revealed to us. Paul speaking there, but you stand before the Lord, and it says that those works that were done, and he describes them as gold, silver, and precious stones. And or it could be wood, straw, hay. It, it could be those. And when the judgment fire hits it, that which remains, you're rewarded for. That's the grace judgment. That everything that you did wrong, every place you blew it, even as a believer, is burned up and not held against you. I just don't want to have a huge bonfire in heaven. But that's what this judgment seat is about. What's left over, you're rewarded on. Now here's the thing. Those rewards, because of the works that you did here in this earth, are eternal. There's no change in them. You can't, after a few million years, say, Lord, I, I've worked up here. Can I get to this reward level? No. It's all determined by your time here in this earth. 
So we need to be wise with what we're doing in this day in, in our lives. Now, it says in 1 John 2, 28, Now, little children, abide in him. When he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him as coming. Ashamed. Why? They waste their life. Didn't serve God. Didn't love him. Didn't give to others. You can be a believer and doing works that um, will cause you to suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ. Or you can be laying up treasures in heaven now that you're rewarded on. Why would you need treasures in heaven? They're going to be put to use. You remember the faithful in Luke, I think it's Luke 19. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. You'd be faithful over these cities. There's going to be other cities. There's going to be mayors over these cities. There's going to be, life's going to be functioning on this earth, this new earth. And so those treasures, those rewards will have great benefit in your eternity forever. Well, the person who is a believer doesn't give, serve, tithe, witness, doesn't give himself to the kingdom, receive the same rewards as the one that does. No. Not everyone's going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. There is no, you're not graded on the curve in heaven. It's not going to be, you're there to the judgment seat, and the Lord says, you didn't do anything for me in this earth. Uh, everything burned up. And he's going to go, but because I love you, I'm going to give you the rewards anyway. No. He's fair. He's just. He's going to say, enter into my heaven. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Gabriel, he, he smells a little bit like smoke. Would you get that special spray? It says they'll be saved as of smoke. <laughs> I wouldn't want that either, you know. <laughs> You're walking in heaven, there's a little smoke coming out of you. But you'll be glad you're there. I mean, that's, that's awesome that you made it there. Number two is a great white throne. Judgment, Revelations 20, verse 11. That's saw a great white throne. He who sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Notice it's books, plural. The book is the book of life, and that's where your name is, is written when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. The books are all the works are accounted for, even down to giving a cup of water in his name. It's in the books. And the books are open. All your, all your works, everything that you did for the Lord. Yes, that sacrifice when you went to pick up somebody, when you didn't feel like going, the sacrifice that was made is in the book. Uh, you, you gave to the Lord your, your tithing. It's in the book. Everything is there. And everything that you don't want to be there can be there too, but it gets burned up. It's not held against you. Question, will unbelievers receive the same punishment for their works? Will they all receive the same thing? 
What if there was a good man, he loved his family, he worked hard, but he never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life? Would he receive the same punishment as a murderer or a rapist or a terrorist or, you know, Hitler or someone who, who took many lives? The answer is no. No. No, he won't. There's degrees of reward in heaven. There's degrees of punishment in hell. How do we know this? Because Jesus taught it. He taught it, and he talked about three cities, um, Bethsaida, Capernaum, Chorazin. He said, if you, if Sodom and Gomorrah, so he's talking about, if Sodom, if they had seen the miracles and heard the word of God like you did, because Jesus ministered personally in those cities. Capernaum was his uh, headquarters. He ministered personally in those places, yet they rejected him. And he said, it will be better for Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. He said, if Sodom had seen what you saw, they would have repented long ago and would have remained until this day. That's what Jesus said. So what's he saying? There's degrees of punishment. It's not a party in hell. Bad advertising. It's false advertising. By a liar, the father of lies. That's in Matthew eleven twenty one. Believers store up treasures in heaven. Unbelievers are storing up punishment. Their works are taken into account. The only thing is, there is no grace there. They're held accountable for all those works. It's power heads. You know, the good thing is you can determine which judgment you go to. This is a choice that you make. How do you do it? You receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand that in yourself that you come up short of the glory of God. That you don't cut the mustard. That you can't earn your salvation. It's a gift the only get, way you can receive this gift is receiving Jesus Christ. Receiving Him into your life. Living for Him. Giving your heart to Him. And just like the video we saw, when you leave this earth, you go straight to be with the Lord. You go straight to be with Him. What a comfort. What a peace. What a strength it is when we know that we have heaven before us. That we can have comfort in this journey. Maybe things haven't gone exactly right for you. Maybe there's been disappointment. Let me say there will be disappointments because we're not perfect. We miss it at times, but God is perfect. That's where His mercy is so good, His kindness. But even when you blow it, let's say you. The Lord says, turn right, and there's a terrorist to the left, and you went left. And your life is taken, you still win. You're in heaven. Now, I thank God for protection. Rob protected. Zach protected. My other son, Joshua, he just got back from Ukraine. Russia's attacking at the other end of the country. Son, are you sure you want to go there? (laughs) 
Let's pray. We're all on a journey. We're all in the same boat. But maybe your journey's going the wrong way. You're headed for hell. You can make a decision right now. I want God. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And watch what he'll do. He'll come in. And things will become brand new. Let's bow our heads. If that's you this morning, say, I want Jesus. I want to get things right with him right now. I want you to just lift up your hand and we'll pray together. Say, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Let's all say this together. Say, dear God, I accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I put my trust in him. I receive the gift of salvation. And now you're my Lord. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for patience. Thank you for peace. Give you all the honor and all the glory. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You